Listeners, it's Hey, I've Got an Idea Show. It's Luke, less ashamed Williams, and my brother. I'm Mason Tailsteak Williams, and here's my brother. I'm Jared Bodyglove Williams, and what are we making today, brothers? Well, Jared, glad you asked. Today, we're going to be designing the latest and greatest form of transportation. Um, could I just, could I just, uh, peek here, uh, just, you know, brother, uh, Luke, uh, the, the brother Luke uh, speaking up real quick for a second. Uh, How's that? Uh, I I noticed you're doing you're doing something a little different. Uh, it's just a thing. Which I, one of us are you? Which one of us are you talking to, a thi- brother? A thing I'm I'm noticing. Um, I might be mistaken, but is this, uh, as they say, a a bit? Wait. This, this, yeah. This, what do you mean? Is is this the character that we, you you plug your nose, <laughs> and that's all? That's that's the extent of my ability to do a second voice. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, I will point out that uh, there is a podcast with three brothers on it already. Well, there's actually several, but I mean, there's one that primarily people know. Yeah. Uh, I w- a fun fact, I was originally go- going to go with the name Justin, but that was taken yeah. by Justin Trudeau, our prime minister. So Right, so instead uh, you went with pro-Jared. Jared, which is not a name that is taken. I made it up. Yeah, that. I mean, at least you got that one up from scratch. But hey, uh, you know what Jared did bring to the table was that whole, uh, that whole concept that we would invent before our listeners this very day. Uh, a you mo- are all over the place. A mode of trans. I, I, I'm, I'm working with these sentence fragments that I'm just sort of lassoing together. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's try. Let's try another another sentence here. You, you want to compose whole English sentences rather eh. than pieces of Frankensteining them together? Eh. Like- let's go. Let's let's give it just one more go. One more. One more fun sentence. I like to call it. Um, fun. Uh, car make we. Yes. Uh, you and I. Yes. Car-like uh, room. We do. Vroom, yes. We do. Yes, we do. We do. We do. We do vroomy vroom. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, yes. I mean, probably we haven't really got into the nitty gritty of what kind of noise it might be likely to make. We we might go like the other direction and just go moorv. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll invent, we'll invent transportation, but uh, let me just pitch this, this idea to you real quick. Do you want to, do you want to just maybe take, cause I mean, there's, there's a full, full hour-ish to, to do that. Do you want to maybe take a, a minute just to be like, hey, like how, how's your day going? Is that not what we've been doing for the past like couple of No, no, minutes? no, no, no. This, this wasn't. This wasn't preamble that was padded by any sense. This is all still sense. like intro. It's not preamble per se. Of course not. Okay, so you want preamble. This is now we've entered the the preamble 
phase, which we can easily segue into themes of transport. With, such as ambling. Like, we are pre-ambling right now. Right. When we segue from the preamble into actual ambling, then we can ambulate like mm. an ambulance does. Mm. Or hobble. One does hobble. Yes, yeah, so this could be a pre-hobble. Mm-hmm. We could be doing that in shambles. Uh, sure. That's sure, more of like a state a shambling of... mound. That's more of a state of being, I guess, than... Yeah. The act of... It's not really... Locomotion. The thing you're... Right. Looking for. Um... So, 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 your, your day. To just... My day. Just give me, give me a quick little Colts notes. We'll, we'll get so there. You... We'll get there. We gotta tease, we gotta tease them a bit, right? We gotta... We're... This is what they like. Okay. This is what you like, listener. <laughs> Let so me tell you. you want... You want to know about my day, like this day specifically? Yeah. Should, should I mention the actual day that we are recording? Because that's absolutely date. not. Okay, so I shouldn't mention that it's Sunday. Damn it! Yeah. Shattering the illusion that you're not listening to this live, or on a eighth day of the week, or that we're in a timeless void. Hmm. I mean, I I know that that could be the presumption, but uh, but yeah, this day specifically. Uh, that was my day. The events that took place within it for you, yes. For me personally, yes. Okay, well, uh, I got up as I do, mm-hmm. uh, nine a.m. Okay, which is my usual wake up time. Okay, because my circadian rhythm is all fucked to hell. Cool, sounds and, good. And, um. Showered. Yep. Uh, walked to work with the call center that I work at. Yep. And I did my call center bullshit. Yep. Uh, from 11 till 5. Okay. Uh, was gonna walk back, but instead got a ride in a sweet-ass Dodge Caravan. Ooh. Uh, driven by my neighbor, who All right. brought me back to our domicile where i live directly above him okay and then you refer wait sorry you refer to him as your neighbor despite him being in the same building well like we're separated vertically like i am directly above him at any given time but there is a ceiling slash floor between us i suppose you make a good point there i mean like newman and seinfeld they were they were neighbors yeah, like if you if this were a an apartment building, which it is not, but if it were a, a large ass apartment building, and like I was in apartment twenty three oh five, and there was somebody below me in apartment twenty two oh five, we would still refer to each other as neighbors. I just realized that it was actually Kramer that was his neighbor, and Newman may or may not have been in that building. I think he was I probably. I think elsewhere. Newman was in the building. Yeah. Was he? Because I mean, yeah, he came by surprisingly often. And then he went much. to like like looney tunes world and got fucked up and then he quit that and became like a lawyer and he went to jurassic park and got his ass eaten Mm. is he dead uh he's very dead Mm. he got eaten by a dinosaur no no you know what i mean i mean we can try and uh tie all these characters together as though they were one that would actually be pretty interesting what do you mean characters He's just playing himself in every role. Is is everything on TV not a documentary? I'm confused. <laughs> Newman Newman as himself. 
I assume that all of Seinfeld was found footage. Root, root. Well, I mean, why else would it be named after himself? He is a comedian in real life. Rival of Jerry Seinfeld, who is yeah. also, like you say, the, that's his real name and his real yeah. profession. So, obviously, that wasn't exaggerated. Exactly. Wow. You know what? Uh, real invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. Let's do a... Also, they went to jail at the end. Yeah. I guess it's like... Spoilers for Seinfeld. I guess it's like a decade and a half old now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no, I dated our podcast. Oh, no. The timeless void. (laughs) We we, we want the listeners to think this might also be in the 90s. But speaking of dating and a sweet-ass Dodge Caravan, (laughs) we need to... We need to transport a new uh, invention to our listeners' ears. Uh, okay, so we're done with the preamble, is what you're saying. I, I guess. Do you want me this to just... This sweet-ass want... segue that you're bringing in, we're not inventing the segue, that's already a thing. I think we, we definitely did that joke. from the preamble into the amble. Now we're we're done with the requisite bullshit. We're going to do the thing. Jesus Christ. That we do. I hate our show so much. <laughs> okay, so... This is your idea. Yeah, well, uh, you know, lesson learned. This is the whole invention thing, right? The scientific method. You gotta fail some to succeed, right? Well, I mean, what what I what I figure is we're gonna do, like, a thousand, exactly 1,000 episodes mm-hmm. of this podcast, mm-hmm. and then, regardless of our level of success, we're gonna end it abruptly, and then we're gonna start another podcast, and that podcast will be good. I mean, if it does only take us a thousand weeks to really nail it yeah we, we could be well on jesus christ that would be like 20 years well i mean think about the fact that you need ten thousand hours to be good at something so we would have to fail our way through 10 different podcasts before we're good at podcasting hmm. Fair. 10 different 1000 episode hour-long podcasts god ten thousand hours is a lot of hours isn't it it really is. Like, Malcolm Gladwell, what are you... Like, you can only be good at, like, two things and then you die. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the Is, is that Malcolm Gladwell? Did I get that reference? You are right? correct. Guy? You are correct. Sweet. Nailed it. I only happen to know that because I caught a quote, that, that exact same quote today, which is phenomenal coincidence. Um, so, anyway. Well, Freud would say is another reference that there are no coincidences. Hmm. You know what's a coincidence? Uh, inventing transportation. Uh, Maybe you sure are right. <laughs> yes. Okay. What a coincidence so, that is. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lead in with the thing that I always say that sometimes has a point. What is the number one problem with transportation today? Who? Straight off the top of my head, I am going to say gum. What the fuck? <laughs> what gum? gum? I, I try I try to really. Uh, yeah, gum. You you don't give a fuck about the thousands of auto accidents that Mm-mm. claim lives every Mm-mm. year. You don't care about, like, United Airways beating up a dude. No. Nope. In, nope. in terms of methods of transportation, the problem you have is that you can't drive and chew gum at the same time. Number one, like, number one is gum. Okay, so whatever method of transportation we come up with, Gum will be integral to the process. Everyone who is being transported chews gum and is very good at it. Okay, how about this? Construction material for this vehicle. Gum? Gum, yes. Second point. Uh, You steer it 
with your teeth. <laughs> All right. Okay, the only way I'm okay with this is if the vehicle itself is the size of a normal stick of gum, you put it in your mouth, chew it, and as you chew it and steer it with your teeth, just the gum that's in your mouth allows you to hover and travel at highway speeds. <laughs> and then when you get to your destination, you spit it out. And if you want to, you know, leave again, you got to buy another stick of gum. That's some that's some Willy Wonka shit right there. I would... Fuck, there's so much shit that Willy Wonka should be able to do. Like, I could set a whole show in the chocolate factory and just have it be Charlie learning how to do shit so that he can take over this factory and his ongoing apprenticeship. And like, I fucking, can I just have, have, have I said fuck grandpa Joe? Because I, I think we've been over this before, but I just want to reiterate fuck grandpa Wait, Joe. Oh you, my God. You know, you know, we hadn't been over it before, but by what means fuck grandpa Joe? Uh, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you are you are you kidding right now? You don't know why? Fuck Grandpa Joe. I, I mean, right he now? didn't he didn't tempt him into the fizzy soda thing, did he? Oh no 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 no. You want you want me to tell you why? Fuck Grandpa Joe. You I mean, me to, yes. Okay, okay. So beginning of the story, and I don't care if it's book or movie. Either way, it doesn't matter. We've got the four grandparents who are bedridden. They're in the bed all the time eating the cabbage soup, not lifting a finger to do anything. Charlie Bucket lives with his mom. His mom is working her fingers to the bone to provide for him and the four bedridden grandparents. Right. And Charlie Bucket comes home, golden ticket, and he could have been like, hey, mom, you deserve a break. Let's, like, get somebody to take care of our bedridden, you know, grandparents. And no, Grandpa Joe, evidently able-bodied and spry this whole time, springs up out of bed and says, well, I'll take the boy. And he goes and fucking leaves Charlie's mom, who we never see again, to deal with the remaining three grandparents in, like, whatever fucking hovel they live in. Hmm. Grandpa Joe was pretending to be bedridden for Charlie's essentially his entire life, watching either his daughter or daughter-in-law, it's never established, care for him when he is a perfectly able-bodied adult. Fuck Grandpa Joe. And as for, you know, not tempting Charlie, no, he does tempt Charlie. When Slugworth is like, oh, give me the gobstopper, I'll make you rich, Joe is like, yeah, that's a good deal, Charlie, we should go for it. Hmm. I guess he, Fuck uh... Grandpa Joe. I guess uh, was it is he not like sort of a, I don't know what you would call this uh, the character that moves the plot along is that not the he, role he is kind of the straight man in that he is there for Charlie to react against and you you do you do need a character to be there alongside Charlie yes I get that but that could have been anyone else preferably somebody who was not pretending to be bedridden for 10 goddamn years while being waited on hand and foot by a single mother. So if you were Willy Wonka and Which I am. and you had this transportation gum that could move people at high speeds. Well, I don't need it. I've got a glass elevator, but Well, of course, uh, but like for... I want I want to help out the people, so in addition to giving them candy that has magnificent nutrients and does you know magical things i also give them magical transportation gum right and i'm like don't get into any gum accidents yeah and then but really all... you're just looking for a high score on that kid body count 
Oh, God, fuck. If I'm Willy Wonka, I am more capricious than any deity in the Pantheon. I revel in chaos and destruction and kid maiming, yes. Hmm. I mean, that's what you got. That's just being a good Wonka. Yeah, and I mean, you gotta be wacky to make candy. That's that's a given. And an unintended side effect of the wackiness is, yes, occasionally some kids are gonna die. Hmm. So. But what's life, I ask you, without a little risk? Okay, so, uh, that actually segues into, uh, we could go one of two ways. Uh, I'm actually a little bit interested in talking about, like, what future future transport could look like uh because okay. that's where the fun convo is but not necessarily the funny hahas because it's like oh let's talk about cool future shit um the other thing is uh what's life without a little risk we we have this fun way we've done this a little bit in the past uh where instead of inventing a useful thing we invent a horrible not even feasibly useful thing. I don't know what you're talking about, but go ahead. And the obvious thing there is like, oh, automobiles aren't very aren't very safe. We need to make them safer. Or we could make them riskier. <laughs> well, I figure, like, even if we were to make automobiles 100% safe, like, it's perfectly guaranteed, like, teleportation. You can just go from point A to point B instantaneously and there is absolutely zero risk we would still have to appease the gods so like there would be an rng somewhere in the process and once every hundred thousand times you use it you just dematerialize hmm so just that's actually pretty interesting i like that idea like let's face it you would still use that if you could teleport anywhere on the planet but once every hundred thousand times you use it you instantaneously and painlessly dematerialize I would I would love uh I would love a game run in a setting where you you can very conveniently use your transport ability but you got to roll a d100 and on the 10th hundred well I guess that depends on the length of the campaign or whatever but you know say you say you make that even riskier and you make it like if you roll 100 you're dead game over <laughs> Okay, now the problem is is how often you use it because you use it a hundred times and like, well, I mean, it's not guaranteed because that's not how probability works, but the odds would be very good that the game would just be over fuck you. And there's a reason why most role-playing games do not have shit like that. Like, okay, you know what the worst role-playing game in history is? You've heard of Fatal? I have not. Okay, Fatal is the worst role-playing game in history. It is entirely unplayable. And one of its very, very minor sins out of all of its cavalcade of sins in game creation is the fact that whenever you cast magic, there is a possibility that it goes wrong. And if it goes wrong, you roll on a table and the very last item on the table is the universe ceases to exist. So anytime you cast any spell, you roll. If you fail that roll just for basic casting a spell, then you roll on the other table, and if you get the very last item on the table, the universe ceases to exist entirely. It kind of seems like one of those card games where you got just a card that if you draw it, the game's over. 
uh, total up your points and see who won. But instead of it being, you know, generally that's like that adheres to maybe like a five minute experience. It's like dragged out for an hour or two. Yeah, no, it's it's sort of less like that and more like a card game where if you get right on twenty one in blackjack, the dealer shoots you in the head. Mm. That's more of a uh, black. Hit us with the joke. Come on. Oof. Oh, I got it. I got it. Just hold hold out. Oh, give me the punchline. I need all right. it. All right. That is more like a black jug. Did I do it? Yes. Very uh, funny. I am Ling my AO right now. Cool. Um hey, let's do a let's do a transportation. What do you think? Uh, now that sure, we're okay. now that we're a third done this episode. Okay, so so let's let's not beat around the bush. Here's the thing uh, with actual transportation is we are careening uh, towards the driverless car. Thank right? you. Yes, that is absolutely that, an, that is the, the thing main we talking were all point. Thinking about bringing up because like like right now, even right now, you see on TV like commercials for like a car that'll give you lane assist and braking assist, and it'll parallel park for you. Parallel parking is already like the hardest thing you do. So like driverless cars, that shit is coming. And let me tell you, every single person who drives a truck for a living, and there are a lot of people who drive a truck for a living, every bus driver, every taxi driver, yes, even you people who drive for like Uber or Lyft, all y'all looking for new work. Yeah, no, it's very, very true. Uh, also, I am just going to point out the fact that I think it's very amusing that they are trying to, like, ease us into it and that commercials are literally saying things like, um, uh, enjoy the experience of the drive while well, you can. Like, uh, no joke. No <laughs> what? joke. Yes. What? I haven't seen this commercial. Are they, like, threatening us now? No joke. They're like, the feeling of driving will only know for this generation to take it while it's hot. <laughs> The age of the automobile has ended. <laughs> and the now other th- witness the rise of the machines. You know how the majority of the working world go- goes up into a skyscraper and, uh, you know, puts themselves at the mercy of a suspended box that is flying several stories through the air? Like, of course, when that was first coming out, people were like, oh my god, it's going to drop you, you're all going to die. Yeah, like when the elevator first came out, you had to have an elevator operator because if there wasn't a dude standing there like, I'm in a uniform, don't worry, I know how to handle this complex machine. Mm. Here we are on the third floor. I'm going to list the things that are for sale on this floor for some reason. You're welcome. And like, why was that dude even there? I'll tell you why he was there to get people used to the idea of this magic box. And once people were used to the idea of the magic box, you didn't need the superfluous human anymore. Right. And I'm going to throw this one out there. Yeah, you employed that person for that job. You made work for that guy. Uh, But that was obviously safety theater for uh, putting people's minds at ease that they're, you know, there's a person here. You're fine. It's safe. Can we please do away with some of the uh, safety theater theatrics of uh, airline security? That is not mm. the way it needs to be. Holy shit. 
just in general, people are always like, oh, but that dude had a job and that helps the economy. I dispute the idea that having a job for the sake of having a job that doesn't actually produce anything is is good or necessary. Like, can we can we get away from this idea that everyone has to have a 40 hour job in order for society to work? I don't care if you have a 40 hour job, if what you do is meaningless, like mm. that dude in the elevator operator. Yeah. He had a job. Good for him. He didn't produce value. Why should we say like, Oh no, but it's good for the economy that he had a job. How exactly? Yeah. Well, because his time was used, obviously. It's no, just no. Like we, we have so few hours between now and the grave, and I gotta spend it standing in a box wearing a starched velour uniform and like pulling a lever and announcing that this is the third floor where you buy lingerie. Like, th- wow. I want to do meaningful things, damn it. Yeah, you know, I have to mention, because uh, you got you touched on a very great point there that like we're all kind of elevator operators unless we're actively creating systems by which the economy actually gets better yeah fuck <laughs> oh got okay, a little so got a little real to our podcast where we invent society yeah like the entire economy uh, uh, welcome you thought we were gonna make some bullshit car covered in bubble wrap no we're here to deconstruct capitalism you never know what you're gonna get here on hey i've got an idea show Uh. motorized unicycle let's do that go to hell (laughs) motorized unicycle i would get on that and i would be no joke dead in half a second i can't balance on two wheels you know what i'm gonna go ahead and drop a confessional here folks i can't ride a bicycle okay oh wow you still can't huh Still can't. Yeah, no, you remember that time when you tried to teach me how to ride a bicycle and then you like marooned me and you were like, pedal home. And then I did, but then I never did it again because I still can't balance on a bicycle for more than two consecutive seconds. And if I get on a unicycle and like you put a lawnmower engine on the side of that and you're like, here we go. Like, (laughs) no joke, less than a second, I am going to be scraped down the asphalt like a piece of sidewalk chalk. And you'll go, oh, Mason. Oh, well, now we're going to play hopscotch on your face gore. What, what, um, okay, I, I guess that's because your face gore is just the sidewalk. Is that the joke? Well, I mean, also the motorized unicycle just went it around in little squares, and hmm. then you throw the rock, and you're like, "Oh, don't hop in that square," and you hop on my, you know, broken teeth and eyeball viscera, and then you hop, 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 hop. Don't Ooh. get any on your shoes. Hop, hop. There's pick up the rock. Hop, Mason hop back. Mason is uh, earning that explicit tag today. Do we have an explicit tag? Oh, every time, man. Oh, sweet shit, yes. There may Fuck have been yes. There may have been an episode where we forgot to swear and I didn't include it, but we definitely talked about like you know, projectile jizz or something. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay, can that be a method of transportation? Uh, I mean, for some on a very small scale. All right. But, uh, no, I mean, okay, there's the cannon, the cannon fire, cannon travel service. Oh, yeah, like human cannonball, that's totally a thing. We just need to amp up that technology. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to touch on this, but there is, like, the the sci-fi-esque fantasy cannon in uh, Adventure Zone, which is pretty damn cool. Oh, Um, yeah. 
that would be really neat if we could just again do that. you're cribbing from the McElroys, yeah. you know, just barely. I just I I'm I saying I didn't want to, but it's the same topic. So, hmm. I mean, can we do? Can we improve upon that fantasy scenario where we can just be fired to the place and inertia isn't too bad of a thing if you just get drugged up first? No, 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 no. We don't need. We don't need to get drugged up. What you need to counterbalance inertia is you just need to be suspended in gel. Hmm. Is that we get like an aerated, oxygenated gel? We pack it around you, and you're like, "Well, you can't move at all, but you can breathe, right?" And you like blink to say, "Yep, I'm good." And then they load you into a cartridge, and they're like, "It was St. Louis, right?" Yeah, I think so. And then you go, you know, you know, arcing, taking into account the Earth's curvature because. Fuck flat Earth conspiracy theorists. What? And then right oh no, you're gonna you alienate hit... them. <laughs> right before you hit St. Louis, then it goes <laughs> parachute, and you touch down right on the tippy top of that arch, and you get out, and you're like, "Wow, St. Louis!" <laughs> and you fall off the arch, and you're there. Okay, I got another like. Please phys- tell me that's the city with the arch. I got that right. I do not know St. Louis. Fuck. Saint. Saint- Is it Louis or Louis? Uh, Saint Huey, or was it Dewey? This is a this is a joke about some the, animated birds. You you got a city in the United States confused with one of three duck triplets. Yes. I think it was Scrooge, Doc Uncle Uncle Scrooge, Chicago. No, that's where the bean is. You're right. So let's just pretend you said Chicago, you fired into the bean. <laughs> you dented into it. Okay, actually, okay, so I got another... <clears throat> I got another thing. I got another thing. Um, and this is sort of like, let me ping this off your physics brain, because you might be able to, uh, to, to tell me if this is a conceivable... I'll put my degree in physics to good use. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, okay, so... You know when you see somebody do, like, a big dive off a cliff, and it's not suspended by a parachute but it's one of those like basically just a giant airbag and because you've got this like super slow descent due to how much air slows you down like just landing on an inflated parachute basically um it slows you down enough that you know you're fine um i know from my education the aforementioned education in physics that you see that because of photons. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Which get... are both a particle and a wave. Cool. I didn't want to quite tap into that physics just yet. Hear me out for one more sentence, please. Okay, okay, go for it. Um, so, travel is going across this horizontal plane that you're going from point A to point B, and the, the canon theory is like you shoot into the air and do an arch and then Parabola. come back down, right? But... Theoretically, if we were talking about two flat surfaces, like two coins that were facing each other, and you had a more of a slingshot mechanism than cannon, so not like explosive, but just a platform that springs forward and then was cushioned by uh, an equal spring, essentially, so the inertia just kind of goes back into the other one and then locks back in place... Can you can you visualize what I'm saying? 
So you're getting shot laterally out of a slingshot into a spring, and the spring absorbs your momentum. It's it's essentially, could it work if you had two slingshots facing each other, and one slingshot shot it into the other sling, but then, ka-chunk, it locked back in place like a loaded crossbow? Uh, yes and no. I can tell you that the total energy would not be recouped. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, also, could we do that close enough or something? Okay, also, the uh, the whole reason why you have to do the parabola is because gravity. So, either you're going to be doing this on a rail of some sort, or you're going to attempt to fire directly horizontally, and instead, much like my face with the sidewalk with the motorized unicycle, you're just going to go straight into the ground. True. So, we we do an arch. Kay. We do slingshot to slingshot, Love but it. we have extremely precise mathematics factoring in everything from wind resistance to, uh, you know, exact uh, the exact gravitational pull, and not that that fluctuates, but, you know. Um, it could. <laughs> I certainly hope it does not. Um, and... Yeah, you, you you literally do a cannon travel service, but with an actual safe descent. Could this be a thing? Okay, here's my problem. You know how uh, air traffic control is a thing? Yeah. Okay, the reason why air traffic control is a thing is air currents, regardless of the precision of one's mathematics, will change on you. Also, birds are a thing, and you know, turbulence and weather and such. So if you have the thing that is fired out of a slingshot and you don't actually have any form of mid-air controls, you know, it's like, imagine if you're trying to throw a football and hit a target across the other end of the football field, mm. but you're, the football is getting like things are hitting it in mid-air. The football needs to course correct, but it can't. It's just a football. And right. then it doesn't go into the target uh or like the net for three points which i assume is how you football instead it just you know slams into some other thing that would be comedic so i think essentially what you're what you're another metaphor for this is like if you're if you go to a batting cage even though the balls should be roughly the same size and the machine should do exactly the same thing it's not going to put the ball at the exact same spot every time Exactly. Well, unless, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, it's not going to be exact. And hmm. the, I just, I just had the idea of like they have a pitching robot, so why can't I bring in a batting robot? And then <laughs> I just set up the batting robot across from the pitching robot, and they just hit the balls back and forth forever with perfect precision. Yeah, and like if you have the balls ca- caught by a funnel, a giant funnel going back into the into the pitching robot. You just literally are going, just wasting electricity watching. Just, just hitting homers go through forever. The air. Yeah, perfect homers. That'd be beautiful. That'd be beautiful. And you know, imagine a pic. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a grand slam homer stomping on a human face forever. I'm sorry. Where was the face stomping there? Well, that unicycle. I don't know. All right. Let's um. It's a 1984 reference, which is the future. Ah, okay. Um, 
so we talked about aerial travel. We talked about what we did. Okay. We talked about uh, we talked about a motorized unicycle that ruins your head. Um, My perfect head. Yes. <laughs> just grinds it down like a pencil sharpener. That's one form of ground transport. Yes. Um, well, what it's a, a grinding transport. That's not the same thing as a ground transport. What about? I mean, I want to talk about like water transport, but I don't know that we can make that any more efficient because that's just adding resistance to what you're doing. Aerial is faster than taking the sea, and you only go by ground because it's the simpler thing than going by air, and it's like short distance. Look, I want to try and I want to try and tie all of these concepts together as as we usually do. Okay. Let's make one thing out of this. Okay, so you get fired out of a slingshot towards St. Louis. You're about to hit that arch. Oh, no, which I still, I haven't looked it up, but I assume it's in St. Louis. But instead, wham, you hit some gum. Uh, I was I was hoping we would save gum for, like, the exact end of the podcast, but... Nope. Ah, uh, yes, yes, spoiled and it. And the gum is attached to a motorci- motorized unicycle, which takes you to the exact intersection you actually wanted, because... You know, that only got you to the city. Now this is going to get you directly to the address you want. And then it gets you there and opens up the cartridge. And then out comes all this oxygenated gel that you were cushioned in. And you just... And you fall out. Oh, that sucked. Oh, but I'm here now. Okay. Here's the question. Yeah. Uh, This is a new, new concept. Okay. Fastest uh, fastest way between two points is straight line. Uh, and well, the, fastest way between two points is like Japanese bullet train. I mean, I guess for what we've actually got right now, that yes. But, <laughs> bear with me. Okay. So, um, fastest way between two points is a straight line. The reason why we can't just, like, literally have someone... If it could just, if someone could just be shone like a beam of light directly to the destination, uh, they would go through a bunch of houses and cause right, massive destruction. Right, earth and whatnot. Sure. Exactly. Um, but one can do the uh, the trigonometry needed mm-hmm. that if you could literally do two straight lines to a single point, you could then possibly make that be the fastest. What if we had a centralized travel hub on the moon? And we just shot to the moon and back. Well, the problem is you don't always have line of sight to the moon. So you make another moon. What's the problem? Okay, so, okay. So, uh, right at around geosynchronous orbit level, we create an artificial ring around the planet. You get shot up to that monorail your way around to get to the latitude or longitude that you want and then you get pointed at your destination and shot back down to earth and this is going to be faster than taking the 401 hmm i mean okay will that be faster than going uh from one city to another city that's a couple of hours away probably not will it be faster get to the other side of the planet absolutely Probably faster than just a plane, if well, you know. Well, I mean, depending there, on... let's be honest. Your main source of hassle and your main uh, 
let like slow down is not the plane itself it's the fact that you have to organize your whole day around you know the scheduling of the airport and when they're choosing to fly the plane and you got to show up like hours early so they can you know pat you down inside your colon and then then you need to get on the plane and just like chill but like it what we really need like if you have the thing where you get shot up to the ring and then shot back down again are you telling me that there would not be a similar amount of bureaucratic bullshit that there isn't going to be more tsa security theater stuff you know the first time that some jackass tries to bring a shoe bomb up to the ring uh I think that that is a question for, uh, you know, where where humanity is actually going to go. And that's one of those things where you can uh, you can think that we're, we've got a Mad Max future or you can think we've got a Star Trek future. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm a big believer in the Star Trek future. I'm a fundamentally optimistic dude. But I'm just saying the major problem with the airline is not the mechanics of air travel. It's the airlines. So, it, like, if we could get rid of the airlines and just all fly with perfect precision with gum, then that would be better than going to a ring if the ring also has the same security precautions and bureaucratic bullshit as an airport. Mason, my dear brother, we've talked about a bunch of things. Uh, we need to reel this into one central concept if I'm going to feel good about uh, putting our stamp of approval on this one. Okay. How do we do that? You know what we haven't brought into this yet? What's that? Monorail. Okay. Everyone loves a monorail. Okay. I don't know why one rail is so much better than two, but they just are, Luke. Monorails are the best. Okay. Do you think that we try to do one big old monorail funded by the rest of the world, the UN pitches in, (laughs) and... (laughs) Like, we were going to cure malaria, but fuck it. You know what's great is this monorail that we will stretch between continents. (laughs) I I forgot about the whole thing where the monorail was the absolute snake oil of that Simpsons episode like you could not like they were hustled onto a monorail and here I am talking about the UN all just being like yeah okay sure we, well, none of us have Landley watched this shows up at the UN headquarters in New York and he's like oh sure curing malaria is a is a great idea for a fool <laughs> I want to put uh, the earth on the map <laughs> <laughs> So. I've sold monorails to Mars and Venus. <laughs> okay, so okay. if we could do a monorail that actually circled the globe, mm-hmm. and then once that's done, proof of concept, okay, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, you, you, you know, we, we, we determine from there. Uh, obviously, you're not going to put it, like, exactly on the equator. You're going to try and figure something out. Maybe you no, start no, with... No, 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 no. That's how geosynchronous orbit works, dude. So you have one monorail like surface level that goes around the world at the uh the equator level and then above that you have the ring at geosynchronous orbit right so you can have like lines going up and down from the ring to the monorail that's going around the globe but here's the thing right 
you you bring in the ring a little bit so it's not quite at geosynchronous orbit so it's orbiting at a different speed from the planet so all of those connections from the rail down below to the ring up above they're constantly whizzing by powered by the orbit of the earth itself so when you need to go east to west all you do is you go down to the equator you hook onto that and it just sends you off over the horizon is this is this like a thing is and this then, just a common like, sci-fi concept or something uh i'm gonna say yes and then like we'll have two of them right one that's uh slightly higher than geosynchronous one that's slightly lower than geosynchronous and if you want to go east you hook onto the one if you want to go west you hook onto the other It sounds like it's the thing. I, you're, you're, when you mentioned hooking on and just going for a little whiz, <laughs> which uh, I'm assuming that's exactly the terminology you wanted me to use. Um, I'm assuming it's all nanocarbon, so this would be feasible if it's nanocarbon. You you actually reminded me a little bit of uh, Bioshock Infinite. Do you remember the, the, the skyhook mechanic of that? Yeah, Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, something like that. If it actually got you where you need to go, and maybe you have, like, you have the personal version uh, with obviously some kind of arm where, you know, you don't have to rely on your own strength, but maybe also small small vehicles. Like, yeah, I uh, want this to be, like, on the personal level, because, again, I don't want to deal with airport-style bureaucracy. So, yes, we have the infrastructure where this thing is bisecting the planet, but you can hook onto it at any time and whiz your way east or west as the mood strikes you. Uh, but also, it's just, it's a very personal thing. It's just, you can just go and just do it. So, what do we call it? It needs a name. Geosynchronous. GS. Uh, equator. Oh, can, can we make an acronym so it comes out to gum? Bring this all full circle. I think we can. Geosynchronous is for one geosynchronous, word. I need a U and I need an M. Luke. Uh oh. Uh uh. uh geosynchronous United Monorail. We got it. The geosynchronous United Monorail. The gum. And you're just like, oh, I need to get from here to Kenya ASAP. I'm gonna take the gum. No, or or I'm just, you know, do you do you wanna do you wanna uh. Tr- still fly over to to london for high tea no i'll just gum it yeah i like it i like it god damn it are we actually like are we are we good at this i think we're we kinda... are always we have always been good at this we are unlocking our potential that has already been always been there Whew. all right well uh last uh piece of business uh, we do a we do a plug of the usual things just to remind people, and then uh, it's my turn to pick. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed our our little uh, brain connection here that which we you did, which we produced sonically for you, yes. um, please feel free to tell a friend or mm-hmm. uh, share some Facebooky stuff or some Twitter Twitter stuff. We got things. a Twitter account. Um, we've got an Instagram. Uh, you can send us... Uh, we do. We have a website, HIGAIShow.com. You sure do. And uh, you can send us uh, an email if you like what you hear. You want to send us a little fan mail or, or you want to tweet at us some fan art or something. You can uh, ask Jeeves about us. At HIGAIShow at gmail.com. Um, Recommend I, us on LinkedIn. I don't do that, though. Um, but I, I do, though. I hinted 
uh, about uh, imposing a limitation in an email form. Remember that? Remember that from last week? Remember that thing that I sprung on you, Mason, and you had no idea about it? Uh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, but here's 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 what I think we'll do. Just oh. just oh. in the interest of making sure that there's like a pulse. Oh God. Pulse out there. I hate pulses. Okay, let's 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 give it as a pilot thing for the first first person. Just one person. One person email us at HIGAIShow.com to sorry at HIGAIShow. HIGA one more time. Higgity jiggity. I got it. Hey gag you Google. Send us an email at HIGAIShow at gmail.com with some sort of limitation you want to impose. First person to do it, we'll do it. And then after that, no more ever. Okay. One time right. deal. One time yeah, deal. Right. Could be could be you, fair listener. Alright. And last piece of business. This podcast has been brought to you by Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, are you tired sure you of that batteries that are always I am tired of down? batteries. Double A's. I also hate A's. running down. Batteries uh, are bad. Folks, Squarespace has the I just want to point out you. that... Um, Head on over to Squarespace... This is not true. Dot and com I slash have taken to talking over top of Mason's fake like ad. H-I-G-A-I-A-A. I know that it's a little bit difficult to listen to both of us at the same time, but desperate times come call for desperate measures. Squarespace will send you 1,000 batteries, all rechargeable and The next episode, I'm actually going to edit it slightly so that Mason's part where he advertises... Uh, that's Squarespace. Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash I'm going to reverse it so that you can't make out any of what he's saying at all. So that should be fun. Squarespace. Enjoy that next episode. I can bet that that is what's going to happen. Squarespace is good. So. In the next episode. Yes. We shall invent. What are you going to invent? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? A new... Yes. Language. Oh, that'll be easy. A, a refreshing change of pace. It'll be easy to invent a language. Looking forward to that shit. <laughs> uh, all right. And, uh... The only the only remaining thing is our our uh, sign off. I, I just want to clarify because we have gotten some negative pushback about this, and I I mm-hmm. don't want to be accused of like fostering like rape culture or like punching down or anything. Please, folks, understand when I advise you to fillet the McDonald's land spokesman uh, grimace. Uh, the the implication is that it would be strictly you know respectful and consensual so bearing that in mind yeah absolutely understanding that yeah yeah no this this is like this is not a a derogatory thing like i'm Mm -hmm. i'm doing this in the hope that you would find fulfillment and indeed suck grimace's dick yes do it good night everybody good night Yep. 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 Yep.